We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land, the Wandri and Boonrong people of the Kulin Nation, on whose land we stand today. We pay our respects to elders past and present. We recognise the ongoing intergenerational trauma caused by colonisation. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. Aboriginal land. Hi everyone and welcome to Loud, Angry and Not Sorry where we talk about news and current affairs. I've forgotten what it is. What are we doing? I don't know. Hey, uh, we talk about feminist stuff that's going on in the world right now. <laughs> there's there's no lie. That's exactly what we do. <laughs> Literally Everything. just said to Leah, I don't think I'm going to be very upbeat for this. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast because we're talking about something that's like quite heavy today and it's yeah. been upsetting to even look into. But here we go. I've already cackled. It's just in my nature. <laughs> you, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. I don't know. Um, yeah, strong content warnings for this episode of mentions of sexual abuse, rape, assault, coercive control, systemic violence, perpetrators not experienced. Uh, look, I think I've just, just, that's the entire episode. See you later. <laughs> yep. Um, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that, of course, men are also victims of sexual Mm. violence. And this conversation is not intended to gatekeep, but this conversation is about the particularly gendered nature of a lot of the sexual assault that happens, particularly in workplaces. And the the sexual Mm. assault that we're talking about that's currently in the media is incredibly gendered it is incredibly gendered so we're not we're not denying your experiences if you are a man and you're a victim of sexual violence yeah i suppose the majority of this conversation will not is centered on both mine and carly's Mm. experiences and we can't speak to the experience of of men who have experienced sexual violence that's outside our scope Mm. of experience it i think it would be performative for like we do acknowledge and we believe you and we will support you but this episode we're going to be speaking specifically to sexual violence against women Mm. in the workplace because that's what's happened to Brittany higgins that's what has happened to the three other victim survivors and the countless more who haven't come forward and don't have to come forward but also myself Mm. and also carly but we know it's happening to you too and we're sorry yeah we're not going to talk about the events themselves. You can find that in newspapers. You can find that on Ospol Snack Pod, go into detail of all the shit that went down. I'm personally a victim survivor. Carly is a victim survivor. We know how traumatizing and re traumatizing it is to actually go through those like chain of events. And I don't think it's actually necessary to do that because we know. Mm. And what we're talking about is the bigger issues surrounding events mm. of sexual assault. Um, so we're particularly referring to the case with Brittany Higgins. So she was a former Liberal staffer who came forward last week to speak about surviving sexual assault while she worked in Parliament. Since telling her story, three more women have spoken up anonymously, having also survived similar assaults. Uh, to any victim survivors who haven't come forward... You don't have to. We know you're there and we believe you. This blame and shame is not yours to hold. But what we are here to... I already need a minute. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
Oof. Okay, yeah. sorry. Keep, no, you're yeah. fine. I'm all right. Um, so as Leah said, this is something that is quite quite a lot for both of us to process. It's been a tough week. I have had to switch off the news as much as possible, and I've still been subjected to some pretty triggering bits of information that have been unavoidable and yeah it's been really tough but um because of the way my brain works I found people to be angry at instead of processing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've just been rage tweeting just like all caps yeah I think for me the thing that has really has really gotten to me is how shocked everyone is yeah yeah why are you still shocked by this? Yeah. We've had the Me Too campaign, Let Us Speak. We've had Believe Survivors, I Stand With Her. Yep. And I think there's an interesting element where people are like, especially shocked by it because it happened in Parliament, where it, I'm the opposite. I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, of course this has happened with incredibly powerful men. Of course that's where this has happened. Mm. Like, that I, it's because it's all about power. I just like it's awful. And Brittany Higgins is amazing, amazing yeah. for coming forward like she has for publicly saying all these things. She is oh, just wonderful. Yeah. And I am so sorry that she's had to do this. But yeah. any criticism we are leveling is absolutely not about her or any other victim survivor. And it's purely about the systems that we have in place that not only allow but support these kind of instances of sexual assault that we have. Yeah. And yeah. the ongoing lack of discussion and continued cover up of these kind of events. Yeah. The lack of accountability. Yeah. I draw like really strong parallels and I'm sure other people have as well between what happened with pedophiles in the Catholic church, Mm. how there would be the allegation of, can we not call it allegation? There would be the incident of, of rape Mm. or assault. And then that priest would just be moved to somewhere else. Yeah. But in this case, and in many cases, victim survivors come forward and they're moved somewhere else Mm -hmm. like with the with the case with Brittany she was just shipped interstate banished Mm. to bloody western Australia which is fuck where is western Australia that's not in Australia it's like so far it's practically Germany like come on (laughs) oh and so you see these patterns of behavior where people in positions of power are constantly silencing victim survivors in order to retain the person in power and allow them Mm. to Yeah, it just, it is just enraging that these situations become, and when I say situation, I don't mean the sexual assault, I mean the context, become about, like, nothing about the victim survivor, nothing. Like, Mm. all of the conversations I have seen when I've been mainly avoiding them, it's been so much about the context and not mm. like not how are we fixing it but partially like who's to blame which sure maybe but like people are so obsessed with wanting to know who he is mm. what is his name and people and I'm like why are you saying it like there's just one yeah there is there are so many perpetrators of sexual abuse just wandering around the city right now 
so many, mm. so many around this city, around this country, around this world, just out there living their best lives while victim survivors are struggling with mental health, they're struggling economically, their housing is impacted, their cognition is impacted because of the post-traumatic stress that they've not only received from the trauma of sexual abuse, but because they live in a society and in a system that blames them and shames them for the actions of rapists. Mm. How... And then, like, part, part of what's been so traumatic the last week is... And I'm going to... Actually, no, I'm not going to apologise. I'm just going to let you know. I'm going to get emotional this episode because it's been awful. Um, is hearing these things talked about by people who have no fucking idea. Mm. No idea. No idea what they're talking about. No idea what it feels like to live through it. And to just have it bandied around with no content warnings, with nothing. When, like... For victim survivors, like for me personally, this is like a secret that I hold on to and I don't mm. talk about it all the time. And like, it's not something that most people in my life know about. And so to have it kind of thrown around as this performance of like wokeness and performance mm. of like, I support women without any understanding of what these conversations are actually doing to victim survivors. Where were you five years ago? Oh. Where were you 10 years ago? Where yeah. were you last month? Yeah. When we have been talking about this forever. Mm. Don't be shocked. Acknowledge the fact that you haven't been listening. Yeah. It's just this lack of awareness and accountability. I don't know. It's, it's just, and this is something that both Carly and I have been struggling with. Like, we don't know how to talk about this because we're so in the midst of our anger and our hurt and our pain that it's really hard to actually formulate clear structures around mm. this. Like last week when I did my independent solo episode, I think I recorded a bit talking about this. I just I just kept fucking it up and not knowing what to say and not having and not being happy with what I said. And so I kept coming back and kept coming back and trying to rewrite it and like rephrase it. And I'm just like, I'm just not ready to talk about it. I'm not mm. 100% sure I'm ready to talk about it now, but that's not the fucking point. Mm. We just need to have these conversations. We need to start talking about it. Yeah. And I need to, and I, I do also need to get over the fact that people are shocked. I know that, but for the moment I'm not. Mm. So I'm going to keep shitting on you for being shocked <laughs> by something that we have been talking about forever. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just, I'm sorry, but how are people shocked? Mm. How long ago was the bonk band thing? The the four bubbles, the four bubbles. <laughs> how long ago was the Four Corners episode? Yeah, and it's just faded out of memory. Yeah, just, and I knew that would happen. And I suppose, I can't take responsibility for an entire culture, but I knew that I should have been doing more to keep it in the forefront of people's minds. I knew it. But I also think a lot of people aren't making the connection between, like, you know, the Four Corners thing painted it as very bit of sexual misconduct or a little bit of sexual misbehaviour. And people don't realise that, like, this is all, it's like one of those pyramids of... yeah. It's literally a pyramid of rape culture. Yeah, yeah, it's in the same family. And yeah. so I, I think every workplace, every workplace yeah. 
almost every workplace I've ever been in, I should say. I've had a few good ones. You could walk into a woman in that workplace and say something like, which man should I avoid? Mm-hmm. We'll all know the one. Because yeah. he'll make jokes or he'll cross boundaries of touching or he'll um, belittle you or he'll do something. Mm. There is a way that these men indicate that they are not a safe man to be around and women all know it. Like one mm. of the things I did read today was an anonymous person said as soon as she heard the story from Brittany Higgins and then found out who she was talking about, she immediately was like, yep, that's the man. That's the man that I thought it would be. Yeah. Because we all know this. We all mm. we all have been so trained to be able to identify this because we're all like young women from a very young age, from being a little girl, you are warned what men in this world will want to do to you, will mm. try to do to you. And so from a very young age, we are socialized and we are conditioned into looking out for these men and we can spot them. Yeah. And the onus is always on us to spot them. Oh. That it's, it's never about men changing their behavior. It's never about men. Men don't even listen to us when we just mm. say, hey, that man, there's something about him. Like, I'm not accusing him of anything, but like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in charge of young women. But yeah, we all, we will say this to men and like, I mean, this is on a much smaller level and this is a joke that there's one particular actor who I've been waiting for accusations to come out about him because I get just every time I've seen an interview with him, I just get a vibe that like he, he is that man. He crosses boundaries. He's not okay. Like I've said it to a few guy friends and they've all been like, whoa, that's really unfair. You can't say that. And I'm like, I'm not accusing him of anything. I'm just saying if it happens, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But I've said it to a few women friends and they've been like, yeah, no, I see that. Yeah. So it yeah. may be it may be that he actually isn't one of these people, but he is signposting with his behaviours that he is. Sometimes it's not even doing the behaviour, it's maintaining the system that perpetuates the behaviour. Mm. When Four Corners come out, like to me, red flag, people are being sexually abused in that office. And I think mm. even Christina Cake nearly even sort of like raised didn't make any allegations if this is happening to me at yep. a public function what it, what is happening to the to the young women in offices yeah but this is part of the system that gaslights us into silence and men who you speak to and go like he's problematic and they go hey that's really uncool you're gonna ruin his reputation just like or maybe how about he not be a creepy fucker mm. the onus is always on us to provide a safe environment for us why yep. is this not something that's all across the community? Oh, you know what? If if you're a man listening to this and a woman ever says to you, hey, that guy's a bit creepy, can you not invite him out? Or whatever request they make, can hey, that man's creepy. If you disagree and you really like this man, do not tell her she's wrong. Sit down and have a chat with him. Have a chat with yourself. Yeah, but... Just, like, actually figure out, like, fuck, ask him some basic questions. Learn some ways to see these things because it's on you. Like, maybe this guy is making jokes. Maybe, you know what, like, let's let's play the benefit of the doubt game. Maybe he's just creepy because he's crossing lines in one area. Mm. If you are really his mate, sit down with him and explain to him why it's not okay. Well, not even him, not even his mate. Are you really my mate? Do you really mm. care about me and my safety? Any person, yeah. do you, like, oh my God, we're not Scott Morrison's daughters. Do you care about other human beings? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to check with Jen. 
am I allowed to care about people who aren't Scott Morrison's daughter? <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> chat with Jen is the new Bletchel test. Bletchel test. <laughs> Bechdel? Bechdel. I, Bech- I can't remember how to Bechamel? say it now. I don't know. I don't it's know. the new bechamel test. Um, <laughs> oh, delicious. Um, which I think brings us someone back asked to... me the other day to do like, the Bletchdall test about something. And I was just like, oh, fuck, I need to Google this because I've forgotten what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> like I knew it was about film, but I'm just like, what are the rules? Yeah. So this brings us to one of the main things that especially enraged me in the conversations around... <sighs> Brittany Higgins, and um, I think it was beautifully summarised by ALP Senator Katie Gallagher today when she made the comment, there are two separate issues here. There is what happened to this young woman in a senior minister's office two years ago and what happened after that event. And then there are the broader issues of social change required in this building, and we cannot allow this government to conflate the two because that's what they're trying to do. The PM and his marketing team are trying to make it everybody's responsibility what happened to this young woman, and it's not. There are two arguments here. On the one side, I agree with this, and there needs to be accountability from the people who were in charge and from the people who had the power to make the changes that should have been made when all of this came to light. But on the other side, this separation idea, this idea Mm. that, like, you're responsible so none of the rest of us are, like, fuck off, you're all in parliament. Fuck off. Mm. This is everyone's issue. This is a hectic not all ministers argument. Like, (laughs) honestly... No, that's not the conversation we need to be having right now. Anyone who is publicly washing their hands of responsibility in this is the enemy in the fight for change. They are the person who doesn't want to change. We need to remember this isn't just a Liberal Party issue. Mm -mm. This is happening within the ALP. This is happening in socialist parties. This is happening in the Greens. Mm. It's a systemic issue that requires federal systemic restructuring. Because it's a societal issue. It's a societal issue. It's not good enough to just have reforms and implement new laws and this kind of stuff. And, you know, if someone, I swear to God, the minute they bring up a fucking, fucking royal commission into this, I am going to go proper nuclear. Get absolutely fluorescently, like invigoratingly flung into the ocean. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, so, mm. I'm, I'm no more inquest into shit where you don't do anything about it. No more yeah. recommendations from royal commissions. No more bloody blah, blah, blahs. Yeah. Rape is illegal. You don't mm-hmm. need an inquest into that. Rape mm-hmm. is bad. We don't need an inquest into that. We can see that the government is complicit in um, perversion of justice, essentially. Mm. What it sounds like is that they've basically convinced her not to follow through with, with the criminal investigation, which, to be honest, as far as I'm concerned, if you proceed with criminal investigations, that that's completely on the the victim survivor, and we'll get into that later. But they've said to her, well, you can stay here and work in the office with us, who clearly don't give a fuck, all we care about is political issues, or we can ship you across to Western Australia. Mm. Now, how, as, as victim survivors, and for me personally as sexual assault advocate and an activist in this space, how many stories have you heard where women were told they were making a fuss, 
they get painted as the problem uh you know victim blaming and slut shaming gets thrown around or something along the lines of we just won't put you the two of you on the same shift together how often do we hear this yeah constantly how often do we hear about men being fired from their positions and the workplace becoming safer for all women how how often do we hear about that like Mm. personally me never it's just so disgusting that it took going public Mm. for this to get the reaction that it should have had in the beginning for people to outwardly and loudly say that they believe britney and they support Britney, it took her bearing her soul on a public stage mm, to yeah. get this kind of support. Yeah. Horrific. Yeah. It's totally unnecessary. It should be totally unnecessary. Yeah. And then what we get, day after Britney had spoken out, Turnbull was in an interview on ABC Radio. I haven't actually listened to it because, again, this has all been very triggering for me mm. and I've just been seeing snippets, but I did see quotes of what he said. So I don't know if he was asked or if he chose to bring this up, but basically the things that he was saying were so such another blatant like grasping at an opportunity to go after Morrison as his nemesis much like he did in the Four Corners episode he had that same kind of like he's rebranding himself as being like small l liberal in the big l liberal I don't know what the hell he thinks he's doing I don't know if he thinks he's modern and he's trying to get the young vote but it made me genuinely feel like I was going to vomit. Yeah. Because I was like, here is this rich, powerful man who has never said a goddamn word in support of sexual assault survivors and who has, mm. who was the literal prime minister, had had the platform to make these changes and he didn't. No, no, he implemented a bonk ban. <sighs> like... And now that he is not the Prime Minister, so he's actually not held accountable for things anymore, now he's going to come forward and say that the way that Morrison is handling this is awful. Yeah. How dare he? How just monumentally dare he do this shit? How dare people use this as an opportunity to chase clout or to rebrand or to go after Morrison? Yes, we want to go after Morrison for this, but not just because we want to go after Morrison. No, this has no. to be specifically because of the way this was treated. And the idea that this has become like a stepping stone to reach an ending that you want to reach disgusts no. me on a visceral level. Don't use the stories of victim survivors to push your agenda. Yeah. We aren't tools that you can just like maneuver around and bring out when it's convenient yeah this isn't about you turnbull if you were genuinely genuinely an ally and genuinely appalled by the transgressions in parliament you would have had an advocate on or you would have pushed for someone in that space to speak up and you would have raised the voices of victim survivors and helped them tell their stories but instead you got onto the telly with your leather jacket and your piece of shit face and you were just like oh yeah i'm an absolute ally i'm just like mate We just did an episode on Ministers for Women, and while you were in Parliament, your ministers did fuck all for women. Mm -hmm. So don't tell us that you think this is disgraceful, because you're fucking disgraceful. I think he's doing just enough that the fact that this is the popular rhetoric around this now, I think he's aligning himself with the popular rhetoric, which is still completely awful. He's doing nothing. 
He's doing absolutely nothing. There is no purpose for him to be on that television other than to show his own ridiculous face. Yeah. Let's remember this is um, the same Malcolm Turnbull who had that amazing line from the Four Corners episode that women have a problem with the Liberal Party. So yep. it's, it's the women who have the problem. That's that's the same Turnbull. Let's just keep that in mind. Let's just actually, Leah, you said it very early on somewhere online. Maybe <laughs> maybe it was Twitter. I don't know. Um, someone said someone did like the whole shocked thing, and you were like, "Really? Are we shocked that this happened under the Morrison government when it's the same Morrison who did?" And you listed off like six shitty things he's done in the last like two years for women. And it's like, can, this is what, when we talk about, like, the, the mm. pyramid of rape culture, this is what we mean. These things feed into each other. So it doesn't mean that someone who makes a rape joke is a rapist, but it means that they are less likely to believe a victim survivor. They are more likely to perpetrate crimes like this. They are more likely to look the other way. They are part of the problem, even if yeah. they aren't the actual perpetrator. It, yeah, even if a person who makes a rape joke doesn't actually rape anyone. They enable a culture yep. where that's okay. And it doesn't even have to be rape jokes. It can be like calling... Um, Shaming someone for their um, sexual preferences or their... Yeah. It's not yeah, It's not just rape jokes. Rape jokes are actually like higher up the pyramid. It starts... It fucking, it's it's it leering starts with misogyny. And making us, yeah, making us feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And... Everything that we have said so far, where we've, we've said, hey, men, don't do this to us, believe us, all of this kind of stuff. Whenever you say no, whenever you push back, that perpetuates rape culture. Yep. All of it. So you're creating a culture and a system where a rapist feels like they are entitled to women's bodies. And a victim survivor feels like they aren't safe in the yeah. room with you. Yeah. In the world, quite often. Yeah. And that's why we see so many victim survivors suffering um, complex PTSD and PTSD because they don't know who they can talk to. When yep. people disclose their sexual violence, people will not believe them, will blame them, for sh will shame them, will not know what to say, will say the wrong thing. And it just, it makes a bad situation worse. And mm. it's, from my experience working in psychiatry, it's, there's the event of sexual violence which people can recover from if they're in a supportive and safe environment but mm. if they're not that's when the trauma happens mm -hmm. when they are shamed when they are blamed for the actions of a rapist yeah that's where the trauma is and that's where we need to start doing the work absolutely and i would also say i imagine most people who are listening to this podcast would be leftists um, men in leftist circles are oh. actually the scariest often yeah. because yeah. they are really good at wearing the right masks and mm. coming across very safe and you, you trust them in ways that you wouldn't trust a conservative man mm. because you believe that your values would align more and you're then even more vulnerable to them and... Yeah, no, absolutely. Every leftist woman I know has stories. My, I actually had someone say to me once that this is a lesson that every socialist woman will, every yeah. socialist woman who dates men will end up learning this lesson. Yep. Hi, how's things? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's not only the really obvious, like this, just believe victims, just, believe women. Just, 
Yeah, just do it. When when someone discloses to you and says this person isn't a safe person, don't be like, oh, but they're nice to me. They're friends with me. Oh, I've never seen that in them. These red flags that we were talking about before, they don't count when it comes yeah. to, to leftist men or so-called leftist men. Mm. It just They don't count because they've learned to maneuver around them. Like quite yeah. often they've read a bit of Butler. Oh, they probably haven't mm-hmm. read Butler. They probably listened to one of her talks or something. They read a man who quoted Butler. Yeah, look, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, they've absolutely read Foucault, probably haven't read Butler. <laughs> yeah. I always, I, I do use this as a, I mean, there's the no test that you can use with men. Whereas they ask you something, you just say no. And you judge their character based on how they respond to you saying no Mm. personally that's been a really good one for me but my other one is when they start talking about shit that they've read and events that they've been to i'm just like oh so any of them by a woman (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) what (laughs) like i've literally on twitter my pro um there's like my profile picture of my 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 big head big head (laughs) (laughs) and then the the cover picture bit is like literally just like books written by women on mm. on feminist theory on gender theory uh on patriarchy on capitalism class analysis and stuff like that but it's all written by women because yeah. i find that people don't know that women can write about this stuff <laughs> sorry like, I, yeah um one i think one thing as well that particularly so the turnbull interview in particular got me going poor leah had to put up with about 15 solid minutes worth of audio messages <laughs> from me <laughs> just being like why do i hate this so much why am i so disgusted by this um and i think a really important thing to remember in any of these discussions is that almost every single person will have let down a victim survivor at some point in our lives. Yeah. At some point, we would have laughed at a joke or made a joke, even if it wasn't someone who directly reported to us and we messed up on someone directly reporting to us. It are these, it's these implicit ways that we might have done it as well. So anyone who's going to get up and pontify on this can shut their goddamn mouths we want to put victim survivors first and then we want to tackle cultural change we don't want to stand up and say hello look at me i'm great this is scott morrison's fault it's not what we want to do yeah that no literally helps not a single person because another white man will end up in charge and these same things will keep happening and it will take decades more to try and make the change that we want to make. Whereas if we make sure mm. that this conversation is actually focused on systemic cultural change, if everyone is actively yep. trying harder every bloody day to just mm. make sure that they aren't, what's that saying? The thing you accept is the thing that you walk past or whatever. Stop walking past it. Just yep. stop it. Actually yep. listen to the women in your lives. Actually, if you're a man, talk to the men in your lives about what they think is acceptable, what they think consent looks like, all of these things. I, I reckon before you do that, do some education, do mm. some research. Because what you think consent might look like is not what consent looks like. Because you, you, part of me feels bad for men at this point in history. Because they're in t- – I mean, I don't at all, but a little, 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 little. 
your entire and I'm sorry, I'm speaking directly to cis men right now. Your entire life, you've been told yes. This is what I'm entitled to. From the moment you were a child, everyone thought it was cute and funny that you chased a little girl around and tried mm. to kiss her. It's been drummed into you since birth that you are strong and big. And even if your mum and dad or your mum and mum and your dad and dad didn't raise you like that, it's the culture that perpetuates mm-hmm. this this toxic masculinity and this patriarchal entitlement, yeah, and essentially. Heteronormative narratives are built around a woman being coy and saying no until she says yes. Yeah, exactly. That's actually rape culture. It's literally Mm -hmm. rape culture. That's assault. That's abuse. No means no. It's, it's as simple as that. And I, I, part of me does feel a little teeny, 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 tiny, small fraction of a percent of a little bit. Um, I do feel a bit bad. Like that all of a sudden you've just been told no, (laughs) change you can't Mm. do that anymore like you i also don't care stop it you have to do the work yourself to make sure that you're not actively putting people in danger and actively hurting people and actively traumatizing people yeah actively this includes every single dickhead on twitter who is shocked by this and i know that you're an ally and i know that's not your intent but it's the outcome the outcome is the problem your, your intent is to be supportive and to spread the message and stuff like that. But what you're actually doing is lateral mm. violence. It's re-traumatizing. And it hurts to, he- to see people who I love and respect be shocked. I have been organizing with Slut Walk for three years and you're shocked at sexual violence. Mm. Within one of the most patriarchal and misogynist governments that I can mm. remember. We have ministers for women in the Liberal Party who vote against the best outcomes mm. for women. They vote against our bodily autonomy. Yep. Michaelia Cash, w- with how she responded to Brittany Higgins, mm. that does not surprise me. Why are we yep. still shocked? There's just one thing that I wanted to mention about, I can't, I can't even remember mm. who said this, because it was literally, it came up in a conversation with a friend, who said something along the lines of, I haven't, like I'm wildly paraphrasing, but they said something along the lines of, I haven't been assaulted because I'm too strong and outspoken. And it filled me with the fire of a thousand suns. Like I am loud and I am outspoken and violations against my body have been. But that's, that's what pisses me off about it is that every victim survivor who hears that, that's another thing that they're going to add to their collection of rape myths that says, maybe if I'd been a bit louder, then that wouldn't have happened. Bullshit. It's victim blaming. It's it's shifting the blame onto how we as women engage oh. in the world. It's got nothing to do with us. You don't have to be loud and strong in order yeah. to be safe. We have inherent yep. human rights. We should be safe at all times. We should be able to walk down the street naked mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. be assaulted. Maybe someone offers us a jacket. Like, you know, are you warm enough? Mm. Like, are you okay? What do you need? We should be supported not assaulted. So one of my favorite examples of this was maybe even mentioned this on the podcast before, um, talking to a bunch of the men in my life about how they walk down a street at night. If there is also a woman on that street and how to walk in a way that won't scare her or make her afraid Mm. and blah, blah, blah. And, um, the number of men who pushed back and said, well, sometimes I don't feel safe at night either. And I'm like, 
cool. Is it a woman making you feel unsafe or is it maybe another man? Do you think maybe that that's something to think about as well? That maybe if you're following a man who's smaller than you, you should be careful? Like, do you not just think about the fact Mm. that maybe you should be aware of how you interacting in the world may have an impact on the other people in the world around you? Sometimes I just... (gasps) Anyway. (laughs) It's all just like incredibly deep sighs and frustrated noises like anyway listen to women believe women we believe you even if you don't want to disclose especially if you don't want to disclose all of it we believe you we stand with you you are enough Mm. and it's it's not on you it's it's not your it's not your job to police the behavior of men no it's just not it's it's their responsibility yeah not yours one positive thing is this i think this is a positive i think we can call it a positive i was contacted by my friend kira over at beautiful talented and deadly to be like hey a friend of mine has been standing at the front of parliament house for the last few days protesting the the sexual violence in parliament Mm -hmm. at the moment and i'm just like cool send them over So young Hannah gets in touch with me, this young woman who's just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm sick of it. And she's just been literally stood out the front being like, uh, with a sign that says the LNP doesn't protect girls like me or something along those lines. And over the weekend, we have been texting and emailing and we've come up with a list of demands for the the government, which we will be releasing over the next couple of days. So hopefully by Mm -hmm. Thursday, the protest is called End the Silence on Sexual Violence. So our list of demands are the perpetrators of abuse are held accountable, increased funding and resources to organisations that support victim survivors of rape and sexual violence, increased support for victim survivors and access to justice. We also are calling on the women of the Liberal government and all government to stand up for victim survivors and stop protecting the patriarchal system that protects rapists and abusers. There, um, when we release the demands, there's a whole heap of stuff that that underpins all of that and we'll go into more detail but we'll be releasing a petition and we will be standing at the front of parliament house like i said before we're not accepting royal commissions or inquest Mm. into this we know what the problem is we know Mm. where the problem is there has been enough research on this for us to know what we need to do and how Mm. we need to do it yeah so keep an eye out for the event We're going to be doing it um, daily, like over the lunch period at the front of Parliament House. And then we're looking at having a recurring protest that's going to have like speakers, music, poetry, performing arts, like whatever you want to do. Get a food truck to come along. I don't know. Have some (laughs) dinner. (laughs) But like make it an event and have these conversations. Like if you want to talk to me or Hannah about your story, if you want to share your experiences, if you want to talk about how you can get involved in the project, how we can come together as a community and as a collective and push back against this system. I I can't remember if I actually said this to you in the podcast or if I said this to you on the phone, but like reform isn't Mm. enough. We can't just change laws. We can't just be like, oh, we'll get them to do a program. That That's all part of it, but it's not the whole picture. We need to change culture. We need to change how people respond to mm. sexual violence and how people respond to disclosure and how we treat victim mm. survivors. All of this is underpinned by patriarchal systems, by colonial systems, by white supremacy and by capitalism. I believe the reason why victim survivors aren't taken seriously in the workplace is it costs too much money to replace these mm-hmm. people. It, it costs, it's, this is, we're talking about in-services, 
like educating people. We're talking about the cost of rehiring and retraining people. And every time a victim survivor comes forward to be like, my boss sexually assaulted me, they've got to, that's like, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I think, I believe it's like around 75,000, for every employer that they have to like yeah. rehire. So if you can imagine how endemic through this system sexual violence is, like it's happening in parliament, it's happened in every workplace that I've worked in, being like the union delegate, at my old work, I heard about three three instances of sexual misconduct and I hadn't even gotten started. Like these are just people approaching mm. me to tell me. And this is again this is yeah. men and women coming up to telling me telling me these things. So it, it does happen across the board and we believe every one of you. It's a cultural shift yeah. that needs to happen. And we need to dismantle capitalism. We need to dismantle patriarchy and colonization and we need to get rid of yeah. white supremacy. Alright I, I, look I think we fixed it. <laughs> We've got, a, we've got a plan. <laughs> Come and have a chat. Get involved. Um, if you're not happy with our demands, you think there needs to be more, there needs to be different, come and have a conversation with us because we can only beat this together. We, it's, it's impossible to do this by ourselves. We need community. If you're all so bloody <laughs> shocked about it, show your support. Just just come along. We, we're not trying to raise money. We're not trying to do any of that stuff. Just come and show solidarity with victim survivors. And not just once. You can't just show up to the protest and then piss off and get dumplings. Like, that's not what this is about. This is about our community. I think we've ranted and have we ranted? I'm not going to call it ranting because that's not, that's not right. Um, oh, uh, look, I... Anything else you want to fix while you're here? <laughs> our algorithm. No. Um, I don't want to do the normal shill. I don't know. This episode just feels very heavy and important. So I think... Yeah, so thank you so much for listening to this episode. As we've said quite a few times, it was a big one for Leah and myself. And if you did learn anything, it would be great if you could share it with someone else in your life who you think would benefit from feeling the validation of feel- of knowing that other people feel the same way or someone who you think could learn from us. That would be absolutely wonderful. Um, but otherwise I hope everyone is looking after themselves at the moment and, um, has some good, uh, support structures in place and has, I hope you have the time and the means to, um, look after yourself however you need to. I think we will be revisiting this in the future because I don't think this is a, a one episode crisis over situation. And I think that we should revisit it maybe with a less of a trauma brain and more of a... What do you mean? I haven't yeah. forgotten what I'm saying halfway through my sentences while recording this. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That hasn't happened like 12 times. No, no I haven't gone mid-rant and just like been like, what day is it? Yeah, I haven't spent hours in TikTok holes the last few days and then being like, huh, the sun's gone down without realising it. That hasn't been happening. I don't watch TikTok anymore, but um, that's been me with this little phone game called Matchington Manor, Ooh. where you like you do puzzles and you match stuff <laughs> up and you get to like decorate a house. <laughs> I got tricked into playing it because it was like on Facebook was one of those ads yeah. where you know you how it was just like, yeah. ooh, do this, and then you get the game and like that's not what this <laughs> game is. <laughs> but uh, but I I've been playing it for like two years and I'm not, like level 2000 and something anyway that was not a paid ad (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, but I really love yeah. it. So, yeah, I'm just going to go play that now. It's really good to turn your brain yeah. off. Great. All right. Big love to you all. Stay safe. We'll list a heap of resources underneath for you to to go and have a look at, to go and have, you know, Casa is a great one. But, yeah, take care. Look after yourself. You don't owe these people anything. Yep. We believe you. Big love. Bye. All right. Bye.